This PBS NewsHour podcast is supported in part by Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Their scientists played a substantial role in developing more than half the cancer drugs approved by the FDA in the last five years. Dana-Farber Cancer Institute is changing lives everywhere. Find out more at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. In 1985, the biggest American pop stars all gathered in one Los Angeles studio for one night only to record one song that raised tens of millions of dollars in humanitarian aid for Africa. One, two. We are the world. We are the children. The story of how the legendary charity single, We Are the World, came to be, including some never-before-seen footage of the recording session itself, is the subject of a new documentary called The Greatest Night in Pop. The documentary is streaming on Netflix now, and I recently spoke with its director, Bao Wynn, for our arts and culture series, Canvas. Bao, welcome back to the News Hour. Thanks so much for joining us. Great. It's, uh, it's great to be back here, Anna. So what made you want to tell this story in the first place? Um, I mean, it, it's, it, it happened in a weird way. I was only two years old when the song came out, and um, it was a song that I didn't understand the global resonance of the song, obviously, when I was two years old. But my parents, who are Vietnamese refugees, they spoke very little English when they came over. But for some reason, they had Lionel Richie records, they had Kenny Rogers records. So I remember the song always playing in the background of my house. And in a way, it was a bridge to, to my American side and my parents' sort of immigrant side. And um, so, yeah, again, the, the song had a lot of resonance. Um, but, you know, the film was conceived during the middle of the pandemic. And, you know, I was watching a lot of things from the 80s and the 90s. So I wanted to make something that was kind of familiar to people. I, we didn't know what we were going to come out of after the pandemic. And so creating a, a film that was really rooted in something that was kind of like a warm blanket um, was important to me. So um, my producer, Julia Nottingham, approached me with this idea of the story of Real World, and I just found the story itself to be really fascinating. The inspiration for the song itself, how that came to be, that isn't really well known. You tell this story in the film, but who first had the idea to record the song, and, and how did that idea come up? So it started with Harry Belafonte, who, you know, had seen what um, the British artists had done with uh, Band-Aid and also was watching a lot of these documentaries about what was going on um, famine in Africa at the time. And I think, you know, we're kind of used to those images, sadly, nowadays. But in the 80s, when it happened, um, it was a shock to everyone who saw those images. And Harry Belafonte, you know, he, he says it in the film that he was sort of like seeing white artists saving um, people in Africa, but he wasn't seeing black artists save um, the people in Africa. And so he started to assemble this team of, you know, Lionel Richie, Michael Jackson, uh, through uh, Lionel's manager, Ken Cragen, and that's how it all got started. And this recording includes, it's fair to say, the biggest names in music of the time. Michael Jackson, as you mentioned, Stevie Wonder, Bob Dylan, Tina Turner. It is incredible to see in your film all of these superstars in this studio with no handlers and no press people. They're just hanging out alone with each other. There's one moment, actually, that reveals some of those artists were actually starstruck themselves. Take a listen. Diana walks up to Daryl Hall with her music in her hands and says, Daryl, I'm your biggest fan. Would you sign my music for me? 
And we all looked around and said, holy moly. Pow, in reviewing all of this behind the scenes footage, what stood out to you about seeing all these superstars in this environment? Yeah, well, as you said, these are the icons of icons of not just that generation, but the generation before and the generation after in many ways. And to see them really nervous around each other, excited and sort of fanboying and fangirling around each other, but also really vulnerable. Um, again, these are the greatest musical minds and artists of, of the time. And to see them just sort of not performing at their best levels was really interesting. But also I found it really endearing how all the artists around them would help each other. There's a really beautiful scene with Bob Dylan and Stevie Wonder. That's one of my favorite scenes where Stevie Wonder helps uh, Bob by mimicking his style. And and it's um, a really you know poignant scene that I think really sticks out in my mind. You also got many of these artists to talk to you today, all these years later, to reflect back on that time, Lionel Richie and Bruce Springsteen and Cyndi Lauper. How hard was it to convince them to talk about this? I mean, it was pretty difficult. It was sort of a bit of uh, life imitating art because um, it took Lionel to make these phone calls. And once Lionel was lined up um, to, to help produce this project, everyone started to agree to be part of it. And um, one of the great things that we tried to do in the film was to shoot the interviews at the actual studio where it was recorded. So then, you know, this event happened almost 40 years ago. And so when people walked back into that room, a lot of their memories started flooding back. There's this wonderful memory from Huey Lewis reflecting back on that moment and talking about just how nervous he was to be singing in front of all these other superstars. Take a listen. From that moment on, I was nervous out of my brain. Now, there are tons of moments like this throughout the film. Were there moments from the behind the scenes footage you didn't include that you wanted to? I mean, I think, you know, uh, film is a liminal art. So there's definitely, I, I wish we could have included all the stories. Um, we had a scene like with more of the recording session um, artist. We had um, just more of the actual recording itself with the stars. Um, but I think for us, it was important to kind of find the heart of the story. And uh, I think we did so with this film. And and it, it is, uh, you know, the film has been out for a couple of weeks now on Netflix. And we've just been getting some really great messages of how nostalgic the film is, but also how heartfelt it is. It was almost 40 years ago, as you point out. I just wonder how you reflect on what it took to bring that together, for that moment to happen, and whether you think something like that could ever happen today. I mean, looking back at it now, it, it was such a unique moment, I think, in pop culture, global pop culture, because it really sort of, you know, everyone was focused on this moment. like you know, almost every radio station in the world played it all at the same time. I don't know if you can really do that today, but I think it was also the feat of, you know, it was such a surprising moment. It came out of nowhere. I think today there are, there's ways to leak things. Social media makes things more apparent. I think it's really unique, but I do hope the film is a way to inspire a generation of artists to realize like within their own power, within their own talents that they can make a difference. The film is The Greatest Night in Pop. It's streaming now on Netflix. The director is Bao Win. Bao, it's always good to see you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amna.